When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, I know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. Happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, CJ, remember remember we have audio listeners who are not watching us in the costume? Siege, could you tell everyone who you're supposed to be for Halloween? I am wearing a low-quality Batman costume. This is like Adam West-esque. Well, you know, I have a running gag on the show about my age, so I, I need to <laughs> I need to dust this one out of the closet from, from back in the, the 60s. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. I was about to say, you and Robin look like you need to go out a run somewhere to fight crime. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all in good fun. I'm sorry. It's so funny. <laughs> um, I'm supposed to be uh, Homer Simpson. Uh, we're going to Homer Simpson ones. You can tell with the uh, the eyes on top and the little hair thing atop that as well. They have the two. Uh, I had something else in mind, but I wasn't. I kind of backed out the last second because I wasn't sure if uh, my voice was going to be muffled wearing it. Not to mention, I think speaking wearing that costume would have defeated the would have defeated the purpose of me wearing it. So the Homer Simpson onesie, one of the greatest animated shows, one of one of the greatest animated characters of all time. That is my pick for Halloween. Well, Batman never goes out of style. That's kind of my thinking. So Batman will never go out of style. I love all the things that were like cool cartoons when I was a kid that are still around. So there's actually lots of them. It's amazing how much stuff has endured. But here we are. Have you seen any cool cool costumes from NHL players? Like the Bruins, they always do something fun every year on Halloween. I think they all dressed up as mario characters from that universe anything catch your eye over the last few days i like the dallas stars you know they have that that cluster of finnish players that they've kind of called the the finnish mafia and they all went in mafioso outfits to the party i thought that was pretty funny uh you had joe pavelski actually he was dressed up as a caddy a golf caddy for that one and wyatt johnston who lives at his house a 19 year old kid was a golfer so i guess the old guys caddying for the young the young buck there, there's a lot of good stuff. I, one thing that's actually always fascinated me, Julian, is literally every NHL team holds a Halloween party. Like it's like it's actually a thing. Like it's not just I mean, obviously, I don't know if you went to a Halloween party. I didn't actually go to any Halloween parties. It's not not something that's really been part of my life a whole bunch. But it's it's a thing Aww, like that sounds like you. I don't do you, I don't mean you want to go to more of these. 
No, I, it's just not really like my friends. We just didn't really do that. This is my point. Like, I'm, I'm not saying I, I've got no one inviting me places. It's more, I was never one in my twenties, say, or thirties even to, to get dressed up and, and do something. Um, but it's fascinating. I think it just, it falls perfectly right after training camp. It's a few weeks later, the season gets going. I, I think somewhere along the line, teams have worked this into a green light night uh, with their organizations. Obviously they can all do it because the NHL schedule on Halloween or even this past weekend, some of them have had to do it a week ago and some might even do it a bit after Halloween, but it's, it's a huge traditional thing. And so, you know, in the advent of social media becoming so popular, we get to see all the costumes now, but, but it's something even before social media was really going hot that, that, you know, NHL teams were getting together and, and wearing crazy costumes. And, you know, it's like a real team building event early in the season. Yeah. Especially if you're like a young guy, you know, still getting your first few games in, you go to a party with your older teammates and that helps you get adjusted. One other uh, NHL player I want to shout out, uh, Yessi Pugliarvi. Uh You ever watched the movie Finding Nemo? Yes, way back when. Yeah, Yessi Pugliarvi dresses up as the as the little girl in the movie who's like tapping on the fish tank, and uh, I, I guess he has his partner in like a bag, like a bag that uh, that uh, I think she's dressed up as Nemo actually. So uh, that I have to give Yessi Pugliarvi a shout out for. He got everything: the hair, the braces. It's perfect. Like this is like that might actually be the best costume any NHL player has worn throughout this year's Halloween. Like that actually looks pretty sick. I don't know if there's a way we could get like photos up of like everybody, but like that's that's a really cool costume. Yeah, you're gonna see it. IG is gonna be full of them. I saw Post Malone. Tyler Sagan as Post Malone was pretty good. Oh, that's pretty good. They like he had he had the look down. Like he's he definitely spent some time getting that thing right. There's all kinds. Um David Pasternak, I don't know if you saw his, he was pretty funny too. So it's, uh, look, we can't take ourselves too seriously. We're two and grown men at 9 a.m. on a Monday morning wearing costumes. So on Halloween, like Halloween is, Halloween's fun for me. I love the idea of just like, whether it's a party or trick or treating back in the old days, man, just enjoying the scary season. And then after that, it's just going to be Christmas music for like two months. Mariah Carey is just already singing in my ears. Is that already your, that's your favorite Christmas song, right? No, I, I thought I went more with the, do they know it's Christmas time? Right. Yes. Uh, Band-Aid. Yes. <laughs> also, I think I just found uh, David Pasternak's costume. Okay. I'm trying to look at it. He's wearing a blonde wig. He's doing the splits. Who is he supposed to be? I don't know. It. it I just think it's funny. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. it's hilarious. It's just I'm trying to figure out who is is he supposed to be Sia? Maybe the singer Sia. I don't know if he's supposed he might be that. Okay. Someone is saying in the comments that he is uh the there's a video from this artist named Sia for called Chandelier, and he's supposed to be like the dancer from that video. Now I understand the costume and the splits. That's actually a really good idea. Now I understand. Right. See, I'm limited in my costume grading because of the the whole not knowing everything that's going on in the world pop culture wise. So I'm sure there's like a lot of amazing costumes that are hilarious if you understand the references. But as we know, not not my strong suit. Speaking of pop culture, uh, I have a little surprise for you before ah. the end of the show. We'll we'll get to that surprise and we'll get to all the other NHL news. And notes I got a few surprises lot. here for myself. Oh, I, I imagine. Uh, I just hope you remember to floss after you eat all those chocolates, buddy. Not an old Henry to be found, though. 
that's your loss. If you want to decrease the quality of your Halloween, that's not on me. Got a Mr. Big here, a Reese's piece. Okay, we can agree on those two, though. Those crispy are two. Crunch. The Krispy Crunch is overrated. <laughs> we don't the have first to go back two, like, you good. Like, just nice to eat chocolate in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's something uh, Cobert Papa would have let you do maybe 30 years ago. No chance. No chance. No chance at all. And the worst uh, thing, Cobert Papa's got a sweet tooth. So like when I came back in ooh. with my Halloween loot, I bet half of it was gone by the morning. We'll call it like a Cobert Papa tax. <laughs> That's exactly what that's called, man. When that older parent comes in and takes your stuff, that's exactly what that's called. Man, we got a lot to get to today. Uh, but before we get to all of the fun NHL topics we're going to get to, we're going to try to hit them all as quickly as we can. Uh, we're going to bring on David Bastel. Maybe he is also a decide to wear a costume with us today uh, from sports interaction as always if you're playing sports interaction only for those 19 and over we ask that you play that you please play responsibly and there will be a link to responsible gaming strategies in the description of the show it's time for a spooky edition of you can bet that okay so the leafs eric carlson ethan bear Columbus, those are some of the mix of different topics I want to get to quickly. Is there one among the four that you'd like for us to start with? I might as well start with the Leafs. Okay. Are you going to have trouble having a serious discussion with me in these outfits? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel I, <laughs> I don't know. What helps is uh, you're not going to be adjusting your your face, uh, the, the eyes during yeah, this whole thing. Right? I had to abandon the whole like mask situation. It's too distracting. Oh, uh, but here's the thing: we're one of we're a good hockey podcast. We find ways to have fun, but we have but we find ways to be serious and professional. So uh, we'll find ways to get through this segment. I think we're good enough to do this job. <laughs> we're okay. uniquely skilled. I, I, yes, especially you, sir, the, the caped crusader that you are. <laughs> can insider Jay Buddy, can you please do a side by side of all the Batmans through history and please just put <laughs> CJ's somewhere on the timeline? <laughs> He's like after Adam West or something. <laughs> Oh, my God. oh, we're off oh, the rails. Man. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Look, we need to get this stuff out here. It's Halloween. We have to have some fun here. We're like um, the antidote to Steve Dangle talking about the Leafs right now. Oh, man. I haven't. So, so at this point of the recording, I have not watched the latest LFRs. And, and all we got was that it's supposed to be a one taker. And normally when he does those LFRs of, as one takers, like he has a lot to say, really charged. And they're, they're, he's hyped up for a reason. I'll say uh, I'm impressed because not only is it a one taker, he builds an ad read into the one taker. Yes, he in, does in one take. Like he, it, anyway, it's real. It's real. Yeah, Steve Dangle, such a talented person. But yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, like there, things are not that great in in Leafland right now. I mean, they do. I, you know, it's funny actually. We had a conversation with our uh, with a good friend of ours, Drew Livingston, the other day, and he mentioned the fact that. Uh, at one point, the Avs and the Leafs have the same NHL record. And on one side, things are a little bit more optimistic. And on the other side, things are not so. So what's your read on the Leafs and wherever the hell they're at right now? 
Well, this is kind of wild. And I actually put this at the top of the newsletter I put out on Monday inside the NHL. Please subscribe. Please subscribe and, to the newsletter. But it's actually crazy. Four of the last five Stanley Cup champions came through the first month of the regular season having more losses than wins uh, when you include the, the overtime and shootout losses. And so the Leafs are actually, we can't even say at 4-4-2 four, four, and two as they enter November uh, that, that, they're, that they're on a path that can't lead to a Stanley Cup because four of the last five teams that won the trophy have had this. But I would argue what those teams didn't have is the baggage, right? They, I mean, maybe you argue because the first team in that run of, of five that did it was the Washington Capitals back in 2017-18. You know, maybe you argue that, that they had similar baggage just because of all the years they made the playoffs, couldn't get past the second round in their case, not the first, uh, kept losing to Pittsburgh, and they sort of slayed those demons. But, you know, th th what I think compounds the frustration around the Leafs is, is – this is years and years and years of people seeing something similar. And obviously the team has changed and things go on, but you know, you start to wonder about the makeup of the team again. And, and I know that those questions have been asked in prior off seasons. You know, I think even if we just focus in on this year though, Julian, it's, it's six weeks as we're recording this since training camp open, you know, the day training camp open, Sheldon Keefe addressed the media as every coach does around the league. And he was talking about how, you know, the Leafs had earned the right to consider themselves an elite team or paraphrasing his words, but something along those lines. And, and on the surface, he's right. They had 115 points last year, but six weeks later, here they are having lost to, you know, I don't have the list in front of me, but, but last year's 32nd best team, 31st best team, something like 23, 22, 17, and 14. I mean, they, they've lost six games to this point in the season and they've all been the teams that weren't even in the top 10 of last year's league. And, and, you know, I think that that's concerning, because of the facts that those are teams largely they should beat, you would expect. But also, you know, there's a trend there of the Leafs sort of playing down to opponents over time. And so I, I don't really know where this goes just yet. You know, clearly management would want to be patient. You know, I, I, I don't think that they're getting 10 games into the season and, you know, question everything the way the fan base might or, or members of the media might. Um. But, you know, there's a certain amount of pressure that is very real and mounting here. And, and you look ahead to this week, they play Wednesday at home to Philadelphia. They play Saturday to Boston, then Sunday at Carolina. I mean, the, the, the games are getting tougher. Carter Hart's had a really nice start for the Flyers. Obviously, the Bruins are red hot out of the gate, and, and Carolina's one of the better teams in Eastern Conference as well. And so I think we're getting to the point where you measure by, like, weeks. Like, how much longer can management sort of resist making any kind of change and just wait for signs of life? and to my eye, it's maybe a week or two uh, where you can do that. But, you know, there's, we should probably get into Sunday's game, too. I mean, a lot of stuff happened in that game. I mean, Mitch Marner being benched by Sheldon Keefe is not a insignificant thing. And even though it was maybe only a couple shifts, it was sort of a brief benching. You know, Marner going down the hallway with a stick, presumably to smash it against the wall or something like that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of... There's a lot more frustration there than just what four, four, and two might say. Like you, we can all dust off these records. Well, this team started this, or last year's Leafs started that. I mean, there's a different feeling to this, and I think I think that's what stands out to me the most. Yeah, just watching from a distance, um, I kind of tried to just follow what was going on 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 Twitter. I didn't watch the whole game, um, but yeah, it seemed like there was just. I mean, the Leafs had a lead, and then they blow the lead. They lose it in overtime, and. Yeah, if you can, just kind of break down some of the craziness from from that game because it just seemed as if like I don't know, just seeing the Leaf fans just like kind of just the way like oh here we go again as once that lead was starting to dissipate like 
it felt like a roller coaster out there. Well, for fans or or you just not fans of the Leafs, but NHL fans that aren't following this day by day, let's look at the last week, right? The Leafs have been on a long road trip. It's it's difficult to be on the road long for any team. I mean, I, I would this is not a unique to the Leafs. Lots of teams, obviously, the teams on the West Coast have more long road trips uh, just because of the way geographically the league's laid out. Um, but when I think when things go bad on that kind of trip, it it goes really bad in a sense because it's harder to to get things back on track. And so they they play. They have a strong game actually last Saturday in, in Winnipeg. They win that game. Everything seems fine. They go to Vegas and have, you know, re- like it's close on the scoreboard kind of game, but it was not close on the play on the ice. Gave up a lot of chances through the middle of the ice to the Golden Knights. Vegas looked very strong there. So, so that's the first loss. Then you go to San Jose. You fall behind the Sharks. You know, you're looking for your bounce back. There's a couple days between games. They had an off day in Vegas. They had a practice day. Lots of time to sort of say, okay, we're going to reset. And they're down 3-1 in the game to, to San Jose. They managed to push it to overtime, lose that game. So there's two in a row. Then you go Saturday to, to Los Angeles, lose that game. That's three in a row. And then you have to turn around uh, basically 24 hours later and play in Anaheim. And, and, you know, obviously by this point, you know, Sheldon Keefe is switching up all the lines. He switched up all his defensive pairings. He, he you know, declined to tell the media what his changes were going to be pregame, you know, like kind of shrouded everything in a bit of mystery. Moved William Nylander to center, which is not somewhere he's really had to play too much in the NHL. Only only really when injuries have necessitated it, you know, when John Tavares, for example, got injured in the playoffs a couple of years ago. But but as a general rule, has not been a place he's played too much. You know, they have a good start in Anaheim. You know, not only did they get the one nothing lead, but they're, they're, you know, the shots were really one-sided in the first period. They had huge territorial control. Anaheim claws back in the second period and takes back some of that territory. You know, but you still get to the third and the Leafs are up 3-1. And so against the, you know, Anaheim entered the game with one win. You know, a a team that's down and out in its own sort of mired in its own struggles. You know, Sheldon Keefe calls a timeout in that third period with the Leafs ahead. You know, Marner has a giveaway that leads to the second goal. So it's 3-2. That's when he gets benched, you know, goes down the, the hallway, is obviously very frustrated. Then the Leafs gave up a 3-3 goal. They actually gave up a 4-3 goal in regulation that, that you know, was a bit of a Hail Mary challenge in my view, but, you know, it worked out in their favor. And they've had some challenges go against them. You know, I won't get into that, but the point was that they almost lost the game in regulation, but again, they get to overtime and Trevor Zeger scores. And so I realize that's maybe more in-depth than we usually go on any one team on this pod, but it just shows you how it's spiraling in the wrong direction, right? And, and I think it, it it reminds me a little of what Vancouver was going through a week or so ago. Like, it does feel like a team's never going to win again when they get in something like this. It's almost like this weird self-fulfilling prophecy. Even when they're up 3-1 against the 32nd place team in the league, it just seems like it's going to go wrong. But, um, you know, this is a real test. And, and I, man, you, you start to just imagine, like, what this week could be, a couple more losses coming home now after that kind of road trip, you know, how the fans react. I mean, all all that stuff is in play now. And, and it's it's simple if you're the Leafs. You just got to start winning games. You win games, all this talk changes. This all goes away. But if if the losses continue to mount, I, I just don't know how long they can go and, and just be patient and wait for this group to become what it's supposed to be. Last question before I move on to another topic. What do you think of, uh, apparently, uh, Kevin McGranna, the Toronto Star, asked Sheldon Keefe uh, if, if he should be worried about his future. What do you think of, people who try to ask those questions when you know it's not going well for for a head coach like what do you think of that question 
I would say it's his job to a degree. Um, you know, I'm certainly not going to come out and criticize a colleague for doing that. Look, we're all going to, on a pod like this or on Twitter, everyone's sort of speculating about that. I, I don't really know how, I don't know what kind of answer you're looking for. Is it would be the only thing I would say. Like, I'm not sure really what Sheldon Keefe could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I guess that's partly why you ask it. You just want to see how he addresses it, how he approaches that, what he might say about that. Um, it's not a nice part of the business because we're talking about a human being with a family and kids and, you know, his kids are in minor hockey and all that stuff. But, you know, I'm sure it's, this is a tough place. Like a lot of them around the league where, when things aren't going well for, for the team, it, you know, there's a lot of speculation with that stuff, but, you know, I think that that is a colleague doing his job. And again, we're all sitting here saying, Hey, are the Leafs going to make a coaching change? I'm sure talk radio is full of that today in Toronto. So at least you've given Sheldon Keefe a chance to, to address that in some way. But, I don't know what you would ask me if you were like, "Hey CJ, your your job's on the ropes. Like performance isn't there. What do you how like how do you think about that?" I mean, I suppose you do what anyone would do in that situation. All you can try to do is control what you can control, which is have the team better prepared, more ready. Try to push some different types of buttons in these games this week because we don't know how we don't know how many he'll get. Honestly, like Sheldon Keefe has coached two hundred plus games for the Leafs. He, I think he has the best coaching record of any Leafs coach in history by percentage. Uh, the Leafs have done a ton of winning since he took over, but everyone knows the consequences of this season. Um, you know, Mike Babcock did a ton of winning in Toronto too, not, not in the playoffs, same as Sheldon Keefe, but it, it, you got off to a, a rocky start a few years ago and, and he was fired. I think the circumstances are maybe a little different with management and the coaching staff being more aligned, but what isn't different is the, the pressure on the organization and look, you've got Barry Trotz sitting there. I'm not sure if Barry Trotz is a perfect answer, but he's a damn experienced coach who's had a lot of success and he is just sitting there. Uh, and so I, I can understand where the speculation is coming from. And I certainly have no problem with Kevin McGran asking Sheldon Keefe about that. And for what it's worth, I'm not trying to be critical of Kevin either. Uh, good dude. Uh, I'm just curious for your opinion. And I pretty much share that same view as well. I'm not really sure how uh, Keefe is supposed to answer that question, but I also understand why you asked that question. Um, yeah, I think, I think I saw someone said too. I actually haven't talked to any of my colleagues that were in Anaheim, but I guess the least we're trying to get Kyle Dubas to speak to the, the media. Sorry, that was interesting on site there, but you know, it didn't happen. I mean, that's that's not typically the way the Leafs do things. You know, Kyle Dubas will speak, but it's usually sort of pre planned times of the year before trade deadline, after a big trade, after a trade deadline, at the draft, all that stuff. He's not, he's not one to hold sort of impromptu calm things down press conferences. I'll tell you the best of that that there was in some when in my years covering the Maple Leafs was Brian Burke. Like Brian Burke, you just never knew when he was going to have like an impromptu press availability. It was always sort of like get your popcorn out because you just never know what he would say. Um, you know, very good for the media. I'm sure some PR professionals might debate about how good that is for the team at times, but it was uh, those were some fun days back in the day. I remember at least to put Colt Nor on waivers at one point. And Brian Burke literally did a press conference bemoaning the fact the rats had taken over the NHL and there wasn't a place for players like Colt Nor anymore in the league and stuff like that. Like that's, that's just what I mean. I mean, and no offense to Colt Nor, but you know, if now the Leafs would have to make a significant trade. I would think for Kyle Dubas to speak in a public forum at, at the dais and Brian Burke, you should just do it on a Tuesday when things were, didn't weren't to his liking. Could they, I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like extend the topic longer, but like, could, is that, the solution at this point 
It, it might be. Look, if he does, then you have the context here that to say that that's unusual. Like that would that would tell you that we're in not just another four four and two start, not just another season, not just another team trying to find its legs. I think that that would would reflect the urgency of what's going on. I mean, Patrick Alvine in in Vancouver came out this week and publicly backed Bruce Boudreaux. I mean, maybe maybe something like that could happen uh, with Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe. You know, I, I suspect that won't be the case because, you know, you put them out there in that situation. It's anything might be asked. It becomes a bit more of a sideshow. But, you know, we'll have to see how the Leafs respond to this. This is, again, this is somewhat uncharted ground, I think, because, you know, the the feeling and the mood around the team is so tight. And, I mean, part of you does want to go, look, you still have, you have all these star players that, that haven't performed up to star level yet. and. I think it's a reasonable bet to think that that's going to happen. If you just give it enough time, you've got, you know, Timothy Lilligren coming back from injury. Like you're starting to get a little healthier as we get into this week. You know, you would think water will find its level, but you know, pressure does a crazy things to athletes. You know, I'm, I'm reminded, I, I put it on Twitter the other day, but for anyone, I was a big fan of the 2015 blue Jays. Of course, I'm always watching the blue Jays, but they, they were struggling early that season. That ended up being a great year. And Josh Donaldson at one point said like, this isn't the try league. It's the get it done league. And eventually they find players that'll get it done uh, or, or people. I think he said, cause it might not just be players you're talking about changing. And so, you know, I think it's at the end of the day, the NHL is a get it done league. The Leafs are not getting it done at the level they're supposed to. And I don't think, I don't think that they can afford to just cruise along. It, it, it has to change quickly or, or something's going to happen. I'll, I'll say this then on that point about that 2015 team, the players absolutely got it done when, well, they found themselves in a the position where they were getting it done. They went through the playoffs. But you know what also happened? Alex Anthopoulos made big moves to kind of push that, make that push. So maybe Kyle Dubas kind of has to channel Alex Anthopoulos if he wants something to happen. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, right, look, there's been a lot of talk about that with Masai. Like, that's what he did with the yeah. Raptors. You know, it, it's been one thing that Kyle Dubas has been reluctant to do. He believes he believes in his player. Look, this is sorry. This is we're going on way too long on the Leafs, but the Leafs have kind. Of, in my view, the Leafs have given these players like everything. Honestly, <laughs> like, like off ice, the, this, this organization does probably as much or more than any other one in the league, and just in terms of the way that they can rehab injuries, the medical facilities, the sports science, the nutrition. You know, the Leafs have built they've kind of given these guys all the tools you would want to maximize what you can be. They they've, you know, constantly gone out and signed players and they've made trades when there were certain needs. And at some point, these players that Kyle Dubas has believed in will get it done or they won't. You know, I, I think that that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And obviously you don't, you don't win with just two players in the NHL. You don't even win with four stars or four star caliber players. You, there, there's a lot of other players on the roster. Last night, the Leafs were playing with their third string goaltender, Eric Schalgren. Maybe that's too much to ask of him in that moment. You know, like there's a lot of different factors here, but I think ultimately they have to find a way to get it done with these guys or, or else basically, or else someone, or else someone else is making that decision. Or else uh, that being said, the Leafs are not the only team uh, going through issues. Uh, the Columbus blue jackets have a closed door meeting. After a really, really bad loss uh, to New Jersey, a uh, 7-1 game. Oh, Steve was making a big deal about how uh, the flight from uh, Anaheim to Toronto is about five hours. Uh, I believe the Blue Jackets are flying to Finland uh, for uh, some of the, uh, the little global international games in the NHL season. That must be a quite a long flight uh, for Columbus. What's your read on what's going on there? 
it's they're in a, they're in a tough spot. And you know what I saw there is a lot of accountability. Brad Larson, their head coach, came out and sort of said, "This is on me. I've got to better prepare the players." I saw Zach Wierenski saying, "This is on the players." I mean, at least if you're looking for some small positives, there is it didn't doesn't seem like there's a lot of finger pointing or or you know, but there's a recognition. I mean, you lose seven to one in any game, that's tough. But you know, this comes in a week where they were beaten four nothing by Boston. They had gave up five answer, unanswered goals to Pittsburgh. Not too long in the distant past, or three and seven out of the gate. And yeah, long, long closed door meeting after Sunday's game in New Jersey, delayed the flight probably a little bit to Finland. And so it's not the ideal time. I mean, in a, in a perfect world, and let's face it, we don't live in one. You want to be going to one of, the, you know, if you're going into an outdoor game where like your families are around and it's fun, or if you're going to the global series as they are the, this week to play two games in Tampere against the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, you want it to be a sort of a team bonding fun journey and, and they're kind of arriving with some questions you know, and they have some Finnish uh, people that'll have to be front and center. I would expect that includes general manager Jarmo Kekalainen, uh, who's Finnish, of course, you know, Patrick Laine on their on their top line. And so those guys will be under even a little bit more scrutiny or, or be more front and center than would typically be the case. And you, you do so after all this. And so, you know, I, it's amazing this league, like, like we are only a couple of weeks in, but multiple teams have had closed door meetings. You know, we've, we've gone through what's gone through in Vancouver. The Leafs are there. Columbus is there. You know, there's other teams, maybe they don't get as much spotlight, but there's there's a lot of teams that were expected to be really good that are kind of cruising around 500 or a little below. And and the urgency already just feels like it picks up with each passing week. I mean, it's there's a lot of pressure, let's face it, to, to have these jobs. It's very front-facing, and there's not a lot of patience, I guess, um, when, you, when you're a professional athlete. Absolutely. I mean, to your point, you bring up the Leafs, you bring up the Canucks. Like, it feels as if, like, we've let the Blue Jackets kind of slide a little bit under under the radar. I mean, they have the meeting. Uh, over the weekend, I think Elvis Merzlikens' wife had to go on Instagram and 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 talk down all these people who were berating her husband. Uh, the power play is terrible. They have not scored a power play goal, I think, in about 25-something opportunities to this point in the year. This is a team that got Johnny Gaudreau. The big prize in the free agency market, like this, is not a good start to the first few games for the Blue Jackets. It's it's terrible. No, but it's a matter of expectations, right? Like to me, that organization still needs help down the middle. Um, you know, in the game on Sunday, I, I was reading Aaron Portsline's column in, in the Athletic. Like he was talking about how the top line had two shots, right? That's a line with Goodrow and Line A, but also their center is Jack Rosselvick. And and you know, no offense to him, it's not what you would think is a top line center caliber player. And so I think the blue jackets are still should be viewed as a work in progress. You know, they did sign Goodrow to a long-term deal. We'll see where things end up with line. A. He's not uh, under contract quite as long, but you know, I, I still think that they're turning things over. It doesn't mean there isn't a whole bunch of impatience in their fan base. And, and of course the players that are there today want to win, but it's, it's a little different circumstance than, than even Vancouver. And then I would say then Toronto's at an even higher end, right? I mean, we're, we're being critical of a team that still does have 10 points in 10 games it's it's just that they're supposed to have 15 points in 10 games and and you know they talk about trying to challenge for the president's trophy and all that stuff i mean it's it's a matter of degrees when it comes to what each team should expect and so i think that's it's not just that it's toronto and that it's canada and it's a big market and all that i think it's cuz it's supposed to be a top level team that hasn't played that way yet what about brad larson's future man why are we trying to fire all the coaches i'm not trying to fire nobody i'm just trying to ask the questions I mean, he's what second season on the job. 
so I'm sure there's some degree of pressure around him, but you know, management, management will probably be gauging him more on what they're seeing behind the scenes or, or at least as much on what they're seeing behind the scenes as, as the record at this point. Um, You know, obviously they'd like a better record, but I, I think that they, they understand that they're still got a couple of years before they're, they're supposed to be top level uh, top tier. And so how he manages the situation will be part of, I would think how they view him, but I'd be surprised if he was in danger of a firing just because of the record. I, I do think that there's a little bit, there's a little bit more nuance to that situation. Whereas, you know, as I say with Toronto, it's just like, all right, it's time to win or not essentially like it's, it's, it's find a way or, or someone else will be finding the way. And so I, I think that, that he's probably got a little bit of rope there, but you know, I mean, there's 13 coaching changes last year, so we're about due for one statistically. Uh, no more coaches uh, for the rest of the NHL news and notes portion of this show. Uh, how about just defensemen? seems like we're going to be going a little defenseman heavy for the rest of it. Uh, one guy I want to bring up is a guy who used to be good a long time ago, and it seems like he is back. Eric Carlson. We talk about that Leafs road trip. He scored the OT winner. Uh, in that Sharks-Leafs game. He also had a really cool play where he was defending Mitch Marner. He didn't have a stick and still used his body position. This is a guy who used to get dumped on for his defense all the time, and he actually tried to make a good defensive play without his own stick. But, of course, the OT goal is what we're going to remember the most, but also six goals, 11 points in 11 games. What do you think of the Eric Carlson resurgence? Well, I love it. I have to say prime Eric Carlson was some of one of the more fun players in the league for me to watch. Um, and, you know, obviously he's had so many injuries and, and he's getting a little older, early thirties now. So he, I don't think you expect him to ever get back to what he was, but the fact that he's back to being an impactful defenseman is significant on a couple levels. I mean, he's carries a huge cap hit um, for, for San Jose. And so he's expected to deliver results. And, you know, it's it's not just the six goals in 11 games, because I think we would expect, you know, as things will normalize their shooting percentage wise, he's not going to score every second game, I would not think throughout the season, but he's, he's playing almost 24 minutes a night for the Sharks and the results look really good. And, and you start to wonder at some point, like, is there a way the Sharks could construct a Carlson trade? Um, you know, we've already seen Mike Greer since taking over that post trade, Brent Burns, a very popular longtime member of the organization, you know, had to work with Brent because he, he had a, a limited no trade clause and Carolina actually wasn't one of the teams on it. Uh, but, but he was willing to waive to go there at the draft. And, you know, a lot of the Sharks, other top players like Eric Carlson have full no moves, but I just wonder at some point in time, if, if this is more than just a blip in the road and, and if Eric Carlson is back to being, at, at a level that might entice a contender if there's a way that you can combine either salary coming back to the Sharks or, or money being retained in a deal. Because, you know, I think big picture San Jose under new management would, would like to make some deals, would like to shake things up even more there. Um, you know, that I would expect they'll hang on to Thomas Hurdle and some of the young prospects in the organization, but there's still a lot of veteran players that, that you know, could be, could and will be shipped out of San Jose over time uh, as Mike Greer sort of, gets more time in, in the seat he's in. And so, you know, it's, it's a little soon to start up Eric Carlson rumors and, and I will fully grant it's so difficult in a league. Like we're, we're, we're going to talk all year, right. About Patrick Kane and, and what teams can take on his salary, even at 50%. You know, Eric Carlson, it's not just that he has a higher cap than Patrick Kane. He's got what, four more years, I think beyond this one on that deal. And an, and an NMC. 
Yeah. And at least three. So it's, it's, it's not going to be an easy trade. It might not be one till the off season, but it's something to watch, I guess, if, if he's really back, because it's, I mean, this is a, this is a special player, even, even at this you know point in time, now that he's healthy and, you know, his, his first month of the season has been great. Absolutely. It got me thinking about all the cool plays that he's done in his career. Like the, uh, the long stretch pass to Mike Hoffman uh, when they were Boston series. Boston Bruins. That's a really sick play. Um, but yeah, good to see Eric Carlson back to the Eric Carlson of old. Uh, and I did say there would be more defensemen. Uh, Ethan Bear over the last few days, a guy who I've seen in Edmonton for a little while, went to Carolina, and now he finds himself in Vancouver. What do you think about that move? I like it for the Canucks. I mean, I think it's consistent with what they said they want to do, which is bring in some younger players with upside that, that, you know, theoretically will give them a chance to fit in with the, you know, sort of the same age as the core players that they're building around. And, you know, Ethan bear, he's one of those defensemen. Like I think a lot of focus on what he can't do versus on, on what he does actually do. Well, remember start of last year, he played on the top pairing in Carolina and, you know, it ended up being a shorter amount of time that he wanted. He got COVID in November and and had a really difficult time recovering from that. You know, had a, had a long recovery. It wasn't just a, a couple of days on the sidelines in terms of getting his breath back and being able to push himself in workouts and all that. And then, you know, he was a scratch by the end of last season, and and he was a scratch to start this season. So he hasn't played a lot lately. But I just think if you're where Vancouver is, I mean, he's a right shot defenseman. You know, the Hurricanes ultimately were willing to to retain some of his salary, which made it work for Vancouver cap wise. And, you know, I would, I would suspect the Canucks will ease him in to some degree, but I, I think it's at least a, a reasonable bet at this point in time that he can, he can become something reminds me a little bit of their Travis Dermott trade last year. I mean, they're just trying to stockpile guys that aren't, they're not rookies anymore. They're not just, they're not just finding the way that they're, they're pros that are, there's still some question. Will they take the next step? Will they become regulars? Will they have 10 year careers or are they going to have five year careers? And so, you know, we don't have that answer today, but, you know, I, I think the trade makes a lot of sense, you know, with where the Canucks are at with the injuries they have on their blue line. And, you know, Ethan Bear was in some degree of, of you know, interest. Like I, I know Buffalo checked in on him. They, they have some some defensive injuries and, and they're looking to upgrade. The Maple Leafs checked in on him. Uh, didn't work for them. I mean, the Leafs are actually at 50 contracts right now. So any any deal they make to bring someone in would have to include someone else going out either in the same trade or in a different one. But you know, Ethan Bear, this is this is a it's his third organization. It's it's obviously a big opportunity for him. I think he will get a chance to play. Um, but you know, I, I think I think it's a good upside play, just like the the Jack Stadnicka deal they made with Boston. You know, you're talking about a 23 year old player that that plays center and wing. Hey, Jim Rutherford and, and Patrick Alvin, they're they're just trying to stockpile and 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 see if some of these guys hit. And I think that they're in a position where they can do that. And so I, I like those two trades and then they got two wins last week. So that, that puts some of the pressure off, at least in the, in the short term. Winning is always good. It cures a lot of evils. We've gone through a lot of hockey. We've gone through uh, some tough times for some teams. Uh, but in the final third of the show, uh, ask CJ, there should be some pretty more, there should be some pretty fun questions. I think I need, I think I need a little chocolate hit for this segment. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going crispy your... crunch. Okay, so enjoy your crispy crunch. Um, while I uh, so there, we will have asked CJ a whole got whole got a whole bunch of questions off of Twitter and Discord. But before we get to those questions, uh, we have kind of mentioned at different points 
about the fact that CJ is not necessarily uh, always up to date when it comes to pop culture. And that definitely applies to movies. A few of you on Discord have given some movie recommendations for CJ. And I just want to read off some of the different submissions that we've seen before we get to ask CJ. Is that cool while you enjoy your crispy crunch? Absolutely. Um, let's go through some of these. So uh, Florida man Matt Maroon uh, recommends the movie. You might have seen this. I'm not sure. Uh, Snatch with Jason Statham and Brad Pitt. I think it's a heist movie from what I remember. But uh, It is. It is a heist movie. And I actually did see that one back ooh, in the day. Okay. All right. So that means you don't have to watch the movie Snatch. I will say okay. if I was a fan of anything, I really have enjoyed some Brad Pitt movies over the years. Interesting. Okay. I liked uh, Fight what, Club back in the day when it when it came you're out. You're a big Fight Club guy. Yeah. And then Snatch was the same time period within a couple of years. Like it was so I, I used to I haven't seen I, I actually don't even know what Brad Pitt's new movies are, but I thought he was I quite enjoyed him over if I had to put like a favorite actor, he'd be in a short list of the few I know. Yeah, I'm not really sure what other new movies Brad Pitt's really doing. I haven't really followed him in a minute. Um, from Dr. Sun, uh, three music-heavy movies for CJ from three different categories. Uh, the Blues Brothers, a classic comedy with an unbeatable artist lineup that makes you jump and dance. Uh, makes you jump up and dance. Uh, Amadeus, a beautiful classical musical uh a beautiful classical music movie mixed with a well-written story about the tragic life of a musical genius and the pianist, an overwhelming world war two drama with a deep historical perspective and heavy emotions. All there right. So you want me to take one of these and review it? Is this the idea or. I mean, I think if you, yeah, I think if you take one, you could take any of the ones that we've mentioned, the one that interests you the most. And then you could be like, Hey, I spent an off night watching this movie. And just tell us what you think of it. If yeah, you I know. That, I know. Adam Wilde wanted like a little CJ's movie corner. So, so let's get. So we could do it once a month, like CJ's movie corner. You let us know what movie you're going to watch, and then you give us your thoughts on it. I th- I like that idea. <laughs> I don't know if like some of those movies have enough SEO. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to include that in the title. Presumably, we'll be talking about I don't know some other I interesting mean- hockey topic. I'm not even like, I'm not even I'm like, does anyone really want to watch me give a review of Amadeus? What about the movie Whiplash? Whiplash? Whiplash uh, with uh, Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons, a student drummer struggling to impress a tyrannical teacher to be as good as he can be. This is from Mavid the Boy. And I think he has more uh, musical movie suggestions. He has that one. He has Scott Pilgrim versus the world, which I've seen. That's a really good movie. Uh, with uh, Michael Sarah, a pseudo superhero coming of age film. Uh, Scott Pilgrim has to fight the seven deadly exes of Ramona Flowers to win her love based on the graphic novels. Thank you to everyone who wrote uh, descriptions for each of these movies, by the way. I don't even know if they're real. Remember, we played that game for a while. So that's true. These, these could all be made up. <laughs> no, nah, they're, they're all real. It'll be like uh, a quiet place. You know, the movie set in the library. <laughs> <laughs> this next one for sure is real. A uh, walk the line where a uh, Joaquin Phoenix plays Johnny Cash. Okay, I haven't seen that, but I'd be interested. That was a really uh, it's like Oscar worthy in the two thousands. Joaquin Phoenix might have actually won, or at least been considered for an Academy Award for that movie. Uh, but uh, yeah, those were some of the uh, suggestions that were brought about on Discord. So thank you to Doctor Sun 
uh, Mavid to Boy as well uh, for uh, mentioning some of the other ones, uh, some of the uh, the uh, recommendations, I should say. Excuse me. Um, and I'm just trying to remember the other person who mentioned Florida man, Matt Maroon. I'm trying to make sure we get all the names in. What, so everyone's like, no. What's the last, like the most recent great sports movie? Because I love a good sports movie, but I feel like unless I'm missing one, like the last couple of years hasn't really inc- included one. Draft day? Kevin Costner plays the GM of the Cleveland Browns, and it's oh. basically him going through an NFL draft. Oh, okay. Kevin Costner, he's always in those sports movies. What other sports movie has he been in? Field of Dreams? Right. Yes. Duh. Uh, There's a few others, though, too. Yeah, I don't know why my brain's not, like, anyway. giving me all the names. But uh, if but any yeah. listeners have any good recent sports movies, like ones I would have missed in this period of my life where I didn't watch movies, I'm, I'm down Okay. For. Everyone send in your a really good sports movie. I don't know why my brain's not giving me a more recent one, but I know draft day in the last few years definitely comes up. Because you're wearing a Homer but- Simpson onesie at 7.30 in the morning. Dope! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to some of these questions. Uh, off Twitter from Ladies Talking Leafs. We visited your hometown for apple picking last weekend and saw a sign that said to visit a jail attraction. Is it worth a visit? Smiley face. So this is... I've never been to the jail in Coburg, which well, again, that's good. You no, know, but the jail is a restaurant or it used to be a restaurant. I'm not even sure if it's still a restaurant. I think it might just be a hotel. I mean, basically the, the, the quick story there is that it, it was literally the former town jail that at one point was turned into a bar and restaurant slash small hotel. And I never went to it. So I don't, I don't know if it's worth the visit. It's, it's in a nice part of town right near the, right near the beach waterfront area. But I haven't been, so I'll, I'll have to report back. I'll, I'll get I'll get Cobra Papa's review, and then I'll I'll share that with the ladies talking leaves. So this means you're sending your father to jail. No, he's probably been there. Though. I'm kidding. He's lived in Coburg for 50 years, so there's very few experiences or or things in town that he doesn't at least have an opinion on. Very fair. Uh, I can't wait to hear his report. By the way, uh, for Galaxy Ranger which I think is a really fun question, a really interesting question. I really want to know what your answer to this is going to be. Are you wearing a fake beard? <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> this is 100% homemade. Yes, with the salt and pepper and all. Little salt and pepper, no fake beard. Uh, next one from Jai Deep. Uh, you mentioned Spurs on your podcast a few weeks ago. Curious with Canada and the World Cup, if you've taken a greater interest in European football, and if you have picked a team to follow, there are loads of young Canadians in the Champions League this year. I'm definitely more interested in in fo- football, soccer in general. Um, I'm excited to watch Canada and Qatar this month or into November. Um, but I haven't really picked a team, no, if I'm being honest. I, I kind of follow Spurs a bit. Uh, I've just got a few buddies that are into to Spurs. So, like, I just check on the scores usually just to, like, send them a chiding text or whatever. Um, but I'm not, I'm not waking up and watch that, that on Saturday morning just yet. I want to get into it. I really do. It's just life's busy. The hockey season's busy and I need to go over and go to a game. That's, I feel like if I go to a game, I might get a little bit more invested. Like you can't, you can't fake it as a fan, right? I mean, you're Julian, you're a fan of things like, like I watched my Cowboys yesterday. Like I'm legitimately just into the Dallas Cowboys and, and 
but I, I need to, I need to get, I want, I want to get into the, the premier league a little bit more, but I'm not there yet. Um, I saw producer I, Nick was ranting on Twitter about his team though. Oh, the Liverpool. I, I don't know why Liverpool fans seem, seem to be going through it this year. They're, they're underwhelming. Like, They've been underwhelming to start off the year. Uh, my suggestion in order to get into the Premier League, find some of your more hardcore soccer buddies, find a soccer bar, and watch a game from there. And I think that might help. Now you're speaking my language. Exactly. Uh, next one from Dylan Murphy. What will it take for the league to change their tune on regional broadcast blackouts? Okay. I get a lot of these questions in the weekly ask CJs like, Along this vein, and I know Dylan. Hey, Dylan, thanks for the question, bud. I don't fully understand the blackout issue, honestly. I, I don't, I haven't asked anyone. Like, I should figure, like, I don't, I suppose just because I have the NHL package so I can watch all the games. Like, I don't know what the issues are for each person based in region. But I will say this. It's, it's obviously an antiquated system. I mean, we live in a world where information is free-flowing. It's there, there should be no problem in being able to watch any game anytime, especially if you're willing to pay for whatever service is being offered. And so I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I on some level, I understand. Look, if you're if you're a team, let's just take the Leafs. They, they have regional broadcast deals. So some games are shown regionally on Sportsnet, regionally on TSN, and then a certain portion of their games are shown nationally uh, on, on Sportsnet's platforms. Um, and so that's two different packages essentially that are sold by the teams. And so part of it is, I would think just the business, but surely in the next few years, there's going to be some, some kind of change. I, I just, I can't even imagine that there isn't a solution to this, that, that you should be able to watch every game. As I say, especially if you're willing to pay for whatever service is, is providing them. I am in Alberta. I couldn't even watch the Leafs game yesterday. Right, because that was a regional TSN game, and you're not in the Leafs region. Correct. But, I mean, yeah. Like, it's it's left over from days gone by, right? I think there was a point where quite literally, if you were like the owner of the Buffalo Sabres, when, when information was harder to come by and you couldn't get highlights of everything, you maybe wouldn't want all your everyone in your fan base getting distracted watching a Leafs game and not coming to your game. But I, I just think that, that we're so far beyond that being a relevant piece of existence that there's, there's gotta be a better solution, but also I don't have the right business mind for this one. So that there must be, I mean, follow the money, man. If you're looking for, if you're looking for the answer to most questions, especially when it comes to stuff like this. Uh, last one from shoe shine. What's your must watch movie on or around Halloween time. I was never kind of funny because the whole thing with movies, I was never into horror movies really. Um, I don't have one. I'd love to even give you a funny answer. Like I, I can't think of a Halloween movie. Um, but you should watch Fight Club if you haven't seen Fight Club. Great that's movie. A, well, that's a great Fight Club. That's a great movie any time of year. Uh, I'll I'll pull up another one then from a uh, tie, and I think this one's directed towards me. Uh, what is your favorite moment of the season so far with being in a new city and a team, Julian? Um, favorite moment of the season. I think actually it's just going to that first battle of Alberta in Edmonton. And uh, I mean, the awesome country goal on Brett Kulak was really cool. Um, but yeah, I think just getting to do the drive up to go watch the game in Edmonton, a beautiful arena and watching the battle of Alberta for the first time. That's probably my favorite 
moment of this uh, new journey I'm on right now. It's been really fun. Do you have any road games coming up? I believe I'm going to be in Florida next month. And then in December, I'm going to be in Columbus and then Toronto and then Montreal. Those are the next few ones I know for sure I'm doing between now and the end of the calendar year. Oh, man, I haven't looked at the schedule. Does a Toronto visit allow us to do a podcast in person or? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out the flight for the the Toronto portion of that road trip. Because uh, at this rate, I don't even know if I'll be able to even like pop in and say like, hi, uh, with the way that things are going. But no, I'm sure you'll hit the game. I mean, so I'll be at the game. Hi. We'll see you so, at the yeah, box. Exactly. We can take, we can take a selfie. That, 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 that's guaranteed. Yeah, that's guaranteed to happen. Um, yeah, I'm going to figure that out. But uh, I will be in Toronto at some point in December. And I'm looking forward to also being back home in Montreal uh, for a couple of days, too. But uh, yeah, not that many games, but uh at least from now until uh, the end of 2022, hopefully more in 2023. But uh, things have been fun. Things have been good. Um, I'm really happy I moved to Calgary, to be honest. That's great, man. Are you going to go trick-or-treating tonight? Uh, hmm. Should I? I don't know. But do you live in it? Do you think you live in a place where you might get trick-or-treaters? That's maybe the more relevant question. I don't live in a building that I think facilitates that. Okay. Um, but I do, I do see the, the kind of places around me. And I think it wouldn't surprise me if I saw kids walking around and going from house to house. It's just my buildings, like a kind of like apartment condo building. So like, I don't know how that would work with giving out candy, but there's, but there are some actual like houses like on the, in the neighborhood. I just assume you're such a proponent of O Henry. You're just going door to door anyway. And just giving out O Henry bars, like just spreading the word. Spreading I the feel word. like. You know, I don't have a problem doing that as a disciple of the uh, O'Henry chocolate bar. So uh, joke's on you, buddy. <laughs> I'll, I'll save any O'Henry's that I have left over here and give them to you when you're in Toronto. Yeah, you, I would love that very much. Put them in the fridge, keep them nice and cold, and then just leave them out a day before I show up and I'll eat them all. Perfect. Thank you, CJ. Perfect. All right. We've done uh, the Halloween edition, episode 105 of the Chris Johnston show. CJ, do you do, do you can you do a good Batman voice for us before we go? Thank you for listening to the show. I love that. That was amazing. Thank you for listening to the show. We'll be back on Thursday with Stick Taps. For CJ, I'm Julian. So long and peace. Justice for Gotham. <laughs> the Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at ReporterChris. And follow Julian McKenzie at JK McKenzie. The Chris Johnston Show.